Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a whole new episode of Full Seam Ahead. I'm your host, Zoe, with my co-host over there, Angel. What's up, what's up? Opening day is just three days away. We are getting closer and closer to opening day to see the Chicago White Sox, seeing that gold banner reveal and things like that. Uh, well, we'll talk about later on who the matchups are going to be so far. It looks like Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito. And Mike Clevenger, but for the Astros, we're not sure yet. Of course, we already have our opening day starter that we'll talk about here in a minute from Valdez. It might be looking like Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, and Jose Arquiti, but we are not sure yet. We'll let you know on Thursday's podcast episode. But got some Astros round to go around. We got some decisions that the Astros are going to look at for the 25-man roster for opening day, as well as some updates from the Astros organization. And then around the league, of course, we got a, there's no WBC talk anymore, but there's some call-ups that have been, if you've seen the videos out there, it looks really cool seeing these guys get called up and making their major league debut, you know, pretty soon, hopefully. But let's get started and let's talk about the decisions that Dusty Baker and his coaching staff are going to have to make. There are five roster spots open for the 25-man roster. The candidates are Yanir Diaz, Corey Lee, Bruno Blanco, Seth Martinez, Brandon Bielak, Corey Jokes, and Justin Dearden. There's only five roster spots that needs to be claimed. You got two, and Diaz and Lee going for the backup catcher's role. And then the bullpen, you got Blanco, Martinez, Bielak. Two of them are going to be occupied. And then the last one would be a bench spot, and that is being Corey Jokes and Justin Dearden. So, I mean, how, how are you looking at it? And there's five spots that need to be claimed. Who do you think them five are going to be? I would say Ronald Blanco is the obvious choice. Maybe even Seth Martinez. So I feel like Ronald Blanco and Seth Martinez get those two bullpen spots that are left. And now it's between either do the Astros want to go with two backup catchers or I feel like two outfielders. So mm-hmm. I would so I would say that the Astros go with one catcher and then the with two outfield spots just because of the injuries that have been um, showing up for the Astros. So I feel like Corey Lee gets the backup catcher spot, and then we roll with Corey Jokes and Justin Durden. Okay, so yeah, you got one. You only have one bullpen then if you're saying that, or you got the two bullpen. Yeah, so it's Corey Lee, Rona Blanco, Seth Martinez, Seth Martinez, Corey Jokes, and Justin Durden. Okay, gotcha. Okay, that does make sense. I honestly think they'll go with two backup catchers because two of them could play first base. Corey Lee has some first base experience in the spring. Yanier Diaz as well has played some first base. He can also be a DH possibility. Um, His last game in West Palm Beach was pretty good. He went three for three, hit that grand slam. Yeah. So, I mean, the offensive production is there for that backup role. Bullpen, like you said, I'm agree with you. Ronald Blanco is going to get that and Seth Martinez. And them are two good – you know, really pitcher depth that we could use in that bullpen, especially Seth Martinez. We saw how he did last year in the bullpen, and then Ronald Blanco has been pitching really good this past spring training. Bench spot, this one's going to get a little hairy for me. I think Justin Dearden is going to be the guy. The Corey Jokes, no, no offense to him, he had a good spring training. Uh, the power numbers were there. The batting average was there as well. But Justin Dearden, I mean, right now his spring training numbers, 11 for 34. Four doubles, two home runs, four RBIs, 345 batting average, and a 1.043 OPS. 
So them are good, solid numbers to solidify yourself a spot on this opening day roster. But, of course, we're not the guys at the end of the day to decide who's going to be the five. But I think it's going to be coming down to Corey Jokes and Justin Dearden for that last spot. Yeah, and even Dusty himself said that he would love uh, a lefty in that bench row, in that bench spot, you know, just to use them maybe in a matchup or uh, get some work in the outfield. But, again, I feel both of them get in. You got two catchers, which is perfectly understandable because they're learning off Maldonado, you know, like giving them that experience there. But I just feel like it'll be more helpful for them to get more playing time on a daily basis. So that's why I mean, I, I said we roll with one, but I'm yeah, sure I mean, I agree too. I, I like to roll with one backup catcher only, but at the same time too, I feel like. I mean, that bat of Diaz, I mean, it wasn't bad at all spring training. That last yeah. game in West Palm Beach, I mean, he showed out right there and why he should be the guy. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong carrying back two backup catchers, and then plus you can have them either play first base or DH because you got to think about it too. Alvarez is going to be a starting left fielder, and then we have an open, vacant DH spot. Either you could put Hensley there or Mauricio Dubon or Jake Myers. and that I mean, that DH – role right now is going to be open and then vice versa if you put Alvarez in that DH spot you got an outfield position open I don't think David Hensley would play left field compared to Justin Bearden who showed off a lot of good defense and Corey Jones as well so I think you know you'll see them two guys you'll see two um, relief pitchers and Blanco and Martinez and then it's just going to come to that last spot being either Dearden or Jokes Definitely. And then moving on to pitching, the franchise has been named the 2023 opening day starter, which was, I feel, expected. I feel mm-hmm. like he is our ace. I think even if my cutters is not hurt, I still I, I feel like he's still our ace. Yeah. So Valdez is the first left-handed pitcher to start back-to-back opening day since Dallas Keiko. You know, nice. the, those were, like, I think, the 2015 days. Yeah. Framber also has something to say about working with Corley, and this is why I think he might get that a backup role. He mm-hmm. says, I've started to get comfortable throwing to him. He calls the pitches I want to throw. I feel very good about that. If the opportunity arises during the season, he's the guy I feel comfortable throwing to. He's doing a really good job. Now, this is why, again, I say that Corley might get that spot, you know, just building that chemistry. And I feel like Corley really has a really good baseball mind. Like, he... Mm-hmm. I feel like he picks up antics that hitters do. And I don't want to discredit Yanner Diaz. He's a good good catcher as well. But I think Corley being the defensive catcher with the Astros definitely look for. So my question to you is, is Corey, Corey Lee looking like the favorite for the back end row? It's going to look like, yeah, Framber Valdez had said something verbally to the media about saying, like, hey, he said good things about Corey Lee. Like, hey, if we match up together at a game, and that's kind of good, too, for the future of the Astros because we don't know if Martin Maldonado is going to continue as the starting catcher for next year. But if Framber Valdez is building a relationship already with Corey Lee, that's going to be pretty sure that he'll be the backup catcher for that uh, behind Maldonado. Oh, yeah, I feel like that role solidifying for him as well. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be good. But, I mean, the connection part, too, I think that's important for pitchers and catchers, obviously, with Framber Valdez and Martin Maldonado. And then you got the rest of the starting pitching uh, rotation as well. I mean, how important is to have a connection with the backup catcher if you're Framber Valdez or Christian Javier, Hunter Brown, and, others, and all these other guys? Oh, it's most definitely important. I feel like pitcher and catcher have to be in sync, you know, because if – because I feel like if a pitcher's not comfortable with the catcher's calling, especially with that new time clock, you know, yeah. I, I don't feel they have time to be shaking off each other. 
and then there's a limited amount of visits too. I just feel like it would just create chaos, like yeah. chaos, confusion for sure. And just having that connection, knowing what the knowing what the pitcher's best pitch is, or knowing what they like to throw, I feel that goes a long way. Yeah, I think it's really important. I mean, because too, Framber Valdez works pretty quick. Jose Urquidy is one of the quickest in the rotation to you know with that with that pitch clock, it's really not going to affect him. Him, Framber Valdez, Nas McCullers, and Christian Javier, AT and T Sports, and they had that. Of, you know, good weeks back when they were in spring training, they showed how quick they worked to the plate. But yeah, I mean, that connection is really strong, you know, important for the catchers and the pitchers to work together because if we don't have that connection, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's going to create chaos and it's not going to look good for the Astros. And it really throws you off your groove too. Like yeah. when you have to like, especially like how you're saying, uh, most of our pitchers are fast workers. If you have to slow down even like two, three seconds more, I feel like, like your mind's already like ready to throw and you're still trying to get the cat like, signed. Or trying to communicate, uh, trying to communicate, so it does go a long way. Yeah, so it's going to be very important when we see that. Hopefully, Framber does have a good outing. We'll have the preview, like I said, next episode with the rest of the rotation. Who's going to go on? But looking so, you know, looking good so far. That Corey Lee and him have a good, strong connection. And then our Cuban missile is back, like we said in our latest podcast, and he has been phenomenal. Nothing short of expectation so so far in spring training he's two for five with a double one rbi and two or three loud outs he's really burying barrowing the ball for <laughs> sure like he's looked good as mm -hmm. vintage jordan that we want to see he's been one game off one game on but he will be playing in both ex exhibition games in um in sugarland and in houston so that'll be a really good thing to see those young guys for facing the order and let's see what he does in Minute Maid Park. Yeah, I mean, Jeremy Pena said it himself. Having him back in the lineup feels good. It looks everybody's, like, happy to see him because, like I said, he is the guy in that lineup that you want when you're at, you know, yeah. when you got runners in scoring position, you need somebody that's going to score these runs. Now you have Jose Abreu, which he's a good, you know, RBI productive guy. Now you got, I mean, you still have Jordan Alvarez because he was on injury. But now it's looking very positive that he's going to be on the opening day roster. And we weren't sure if he was going to make it. And even Baker had said to himself, too, like, well, we're not sure. We don't want to, you know, say a guaranteed thing. But we hope that he's ready. And then, sure enough, the first two games, barreling the ball like nothing. Gap to gap, hitting two or three, like two to three warning short. I mean, it's just, I'm excited for you, Ron Alvarez. You're ready for him. To produce, I'm I'm looking for an MVP level kind of thing from this year. Oh yeah, because I mean, it was a finalist last year. I'm expecting that to happen this year. Oh yeah, and then we just got done with our fantasy baseball draft. Yeah. I think he went what fourth or fifth? Third. 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 Oh wow, you know. So, but and he wasn't even supposed to be three. It was like not even in the top ten. I think it was no, yeah. at least top twenty. But I know top ten for sure. He wasn't on the board, which is crazy. Which is crazy because again, he's shown he's a pure hitter. You know, he can hit off fields, hit with pop. Which I, I would expect him to go top three for sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's exciting to have him back. But I mean, we got some injury updates. It's looking like Alvarez is looking good with that hand. But with two other players, we have concern. Michael Brantley will follow the team back to Houston for the championship weekend when they unveiled the gold banner, the gold jerseys. They received their World Series rings. And then he'll return to West Palm Beach after that weekend because, of course, he needs to rehab and be ready for that. I think he'll probably be ready for April. But Baker made it sound like he'll need more than just 10 days on the IL. So we're hoping it's not a you – know, we will see him in May. Hopefully it's like mid-April to end April because, I mean, we're going to need him still, even though, I mean, we don't want him to rush back. 
Then the next one, we got Hunter Brown. He threw Friday. Before we mentioned that, he had a uh, injury, and he got scratched from the starting rotation from having back tightness. He didn't, got, he didn't get to pitch his starting game, but Astros did it in precaution reason. Hunter Brown did good, and he threw Friday. Baker said Brown is feeling much better and moving around. Sunday comes. He threw a 25-pitch bullpen and said everything felt good. He'll throw a simulated game this week and should be good to go for the regular season. So that's going to be very important for the Astros, obviously, to get him back in because right now the projected rotation is Framber, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, Jose Arquiti, and Hunter Brown. If Hunter Brown's not ready, I mean, who's going to be that number five guy? I mean, you got Ronel Blanco that's been kind of starting games. Randy Bielak's been starting games, too, and he has experience starting games back with the Astros in, I believe, in 2020 and 2021. If, which hopefully everything goes well, who's going to be that starting, who's going to be that five guy when it comes to the Detroit Tigers uh, season, session? It should be Hunter Brown. I think he'll be good enough to go in that, I mean, his first start of the season. Like, I think he said that he's he felt good after that 25-pitch bullpen, like you said, and yeah, I think he'll be it. Yeah, I think so too. Like I said, it's just a precaution. I just got asked, you know, mm-hmm. you never know what could happen. Next day, you could be hurting again. And the next day, you know, we're back to square mm-hmm. one trying to figure out who's going to be the, the fifth guy. Is it going to be a bullpen game? Is it going to be, you know, Robnell Blanco, Brandon Bielak? I mean, these guys do have experience working in the starting rotation, but everything looks good. He's looking good. And as speaker of Robnell Blanco, he will make his last start today and Monday in Constellation Field for that exhibition game against the Sugarland Space Cowboys. I mean, it's looking like we've predicted. I think he's going to make the opening day roster. There's no reason he shouldn't because, I mean, he pitched really good spring training and then the fall league in the Dominican. I mean, he, he did really good. The only concern for me is he's going to be a bullpen guy or if we're going to see that six-man rotation. Do you think they go to a six-man rotation early? Or you just think, you know, we're just going to leave in the bullpen? I feel he starts off in the bullpen. I don't think we go to the six-man rotation right away. Maybe once either McCutters comes back or if things aren't looking good for the, like for a few, like a few starts or it's just like a busy week where we don't have no off days on Monday or Thursday, then I can see us going to a six-man rotation. But I feel he starts off the bullpen, starts, starts building up that momentum, and once he gets a little bit more confident, maybe in mid-year, we might see him in the starting rotation. Yeah, Astros got four off days in the month of April. Well, if you really count, you, we're really not going to count March. But April 7th, they'll have an off day, April 13th, April 20th, and April 27th. So there's three consecutive Thursdays that they're going to have off days. But, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it'll be a six-man rotation. But it's been interesting what Dana Brown had made his comments about him being that guy to potentially be a starter and going to a six-man rotation. But like you said, I think when it comes to more games, like when we don't have a lot of off days, then that's when we'll kind of build that up. But so far, looking so looking good. And I'm just ready for the guys to be back. They'll be back on Monday and Tuesday for these exhibition games, Monday being in Constellation Field in Sugarland, Texas. And then Tuesday, it will be at the Juice Box when the Astros face the Space Cowboys Oh, that is all for Astros Roundup, and now we're going to go to Around the League. So, opening day starters have been announced, and honestly, though, we have some great matchups coming up. I love opening day because 
you see ace versus ace and you know it's always either that like their ace is not on and it's a wild wild game or it's a pitcher's matchup and everything really like, like that so let's go over a few matches that we're going to see so philly versus texas start off their season we have Arenola and jacob de grum which we will see jacob de grum in a texas uniform for the first time then we got in milwaukee versus chicago division rivalry corbin burns versus marcus stroman and then I feel like this was the most exciting one for me. The Mets versus Miami. That division is going to be a grinded out division. Yeah. There's so many good teams. And we have starting off Max Scherzer versus Sandy Alcantara. Like, wow. That's crazy. That, that's a good that's a good pitching matchup, to be honest with for you. Sure. That's a our two Cy Young Award winners right yeah. there. And I mean Miami's offense isn't the best, but I mean Alcantara can just keep you in the game no matter what. Oh, for sure. In Arizona, and I'm sorry, in Los Angeles, we have Zach Allen versus Julio Urias. And then in New York City, we have Logan Webb and Garrett Cole. Which, besides the Scherzer and Sandy Alcantara, which one of these are you looking forward to? I got two, actually. I'm going to go with Aaron Nola and Jacob DeGrom. I think that's going to be a good one. DeGrom, obviously, coming into the American League in his first year. But he's always been that guy. I mean, Cy Young Award winner. Um, he's always matched good numbers against good pitchers, you know, when whoever he's facing, but not in the postseason last year, obviously, because he didn't do good. But, I mean, Aaron Nola, too. If you've heard with uh, the reports outside that Aaron Nola and the Phillies can't really get an extension going together, so it's looking like a last dance for him and the Nola and the Phillies. And I think him and Corbin Burns are going to be in the same situation, trying to pitch out their last uh, season with that team and kind of show off, like, hey, this is why you should have gave me this money. But obviously that's not going to happen. I don't think that happens. I think that winner of this game is going to be, I'm shocked I'm going to say Texas because oh, wow. you got the non-chef. I'm going to see Corey Seager. You're going to see Marcus Simeon square some balls off. Um, and then the pitching, I think Jacob DeGrom's just going to keep him in it, especially with the injury with Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper not being in the lineup. It's just not the same from yeah. last year's Phillies lineup. Okay. But we'll, we'll talk about the injury later. And then Logan Webb against Garrett Cole. I think that's a very underrated matchup. Logan Webb, if you don't remember in 2021, he shut down the Dodgers in that postseason wild card. Yeah, he's cold-blooded. Yeah, so I think he has that potential to be a Cy Young candidate. He could be a top five, top seven. But obviously San Francisco's offense is not like the Yankees offense. Yeah. And Garrett Cole, I mean, everybody's been talking about him being a favorite and uh, try to pitch as good as he can this season. I mean, really, these past two seasons, he's been all right. But the Yankees are still waiting for that Garrett Cole in 2019, how he pitched with the Astros. Oh, yeah. One matchup I'm excited for is, that, is to see Zach Gallen, if he can replicate his season from last year. I feel, yeah. I feel that Arizona ball club, they have a bunch of young guys, and they're just hungry. Hungry for wins, and I feel that'll be a pretty good, exciting team. I feel like they'll will put some battles out there in the NL West, and I'm curious to see what they do against the Dodgers. Like, that'd be a good match. Just speaking of young guys that Arizona has, Corbin Carroll is going to make his um, not major league debut, but he's going to play his first full season for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So I mean, I can see a debut. I mean, you got Alec Thomas, you got. Jake McCarthy, and, I mean, there's one outfield spot I think that's available. Yeah. I don't think Lourdes Gurriel, right now they're training him to be a first baseman. Yeah. But, I mean, like you're saying, a lot of young stars yeah. in there, Gay Moreno, 
Um, like I said, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Zach Gallon's a good pitcher. I'm yeah. very excited to see what he's going to do for the uh, Diamondbacks. Yeah, and then speaking of young guys, welcome to the show, Anthony Volpe, who makes their Yankees roster a 21-year-old playing shortstop. Does he give you any reminiscences of anybody? The captain, I guess they call him over there in the Bronx, I would say, but a lot of comparisons over there to him, apparently. Yeah, I mean, he is the Yankees' number one prospect in their farm system. And speaking of a few number one prospects, or even like young prospects overall, we have Jordan Walker making his major, making the opening day roster as well, along with Gunnar Henderson. Well, Gunnar Henderson made it last oh, year. He was, he was playing last year. Did yeah. he? Okay. But he'll, he'll probably be up for rookie of the year still. Yeah, for sure. Even Francisco Alvarez for the Mets, uh, is, I believe he's a catcher out there. I think he got option, though. He had he oh, had he got did? option for the Mets, oh, I believe. Wow. Okay, yeah. I need to update my list. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, there's another one, Oscar Colas from oh, the there Chicago you go. White yeah. Sox, the outfielder. Um, I mean, they needed power in that lineup, and they got him right there. I mean, he was called the Cuban Otani at Mets, <laughs> number two prospect for the White Sox. Um, but the reason why they call him the Cuban Otani is because he had pitched in the Japanese league whenever he had played in Japan okay. for a couple of seasons, 95 plus. Oh, wow. On the ball. I mean, that's crazy. But, I mean, the reason why the White Sox needed him was because of his power. And mm -hmm. it shows. If you go look at his highlights on Milby Pipeline, I mean, that's what they're missing over there in, in Chi-Town. So, after, you know, shining up all of these young prospects, who is your favorite to win NL Rookie of the Year? Or, or even – Well, we'll go both. We'll yeah, we'll go both. We'll do – even Corbin Carroll is already – I feel like he's going to already have a spot. I still got to go with Jordan Walker. I mean, this kid has an unbelievable power. He got some unbelievable pop. Um, and then that lineup with the Cardinals, you, you put him in there, and if he has his feet wet and just swinging the bat very well, that's your NL rookie of the year, I say. And then AO, there's a lot of good ones out there. Really, I mean, we named Colas. We named uh, there's another one named Grace Rodriguez, I think, with the Orioles. Tristan Casas, Tristan Casas as well from the Red Sox. Oh, Yoshida as well. You yeah. didn't think about him. I gotta go with Gunnar Henderson. I mean, the speed's there. Yeah, sneaky pop, plays defense like anybody else. Like third base, especially he has a vacuum over there. But I'm not sure if they're gonna put him at third or shortstop because of Jorge Mateo and. Uh, Luis Urias, I think, too, mm -hmm. plays over there, too. So I'll go Jordan Walker as my NL, and I'll go Gunnar Henderson as my AL. You know what? Just put a little bit of debate on you, maybe a little wager down the road. I would say Corbin Carroll in the National League and Hunter Brown in the American League for sure. I like Hunter Brown. I really do. I mean, if I wasn't picking – if I was picking Nationals, then, yeah, obviously I'm going with <laughs> Hunter Brown. But, I mean, Hunter Brown's still good. I think he'll still have a good season, especially pitching in the postseason last year. Yeah. I feel like he'll have that continuing going. But we did that because I drafted Jordan Walker. <laughs> and <laughs> I drafted Corbin Carroll. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. But, I mean, I, I still like Corbin Carroll. I mean, the speed's there. This kid, he has a highlight from one of the games that he hits in the gap. And I'm like, he's just going around the bases like nothing. Yeah. Stand up triple. So I'm very excited for this new rookie class that we're going to see for 2023. And we talked about Jordan Walker with the Cardinals, and we're going to stay in the NL Central talking about them Redbirds over there in St. Louis. Miles Mikolas and the Cardinals are in agreement on a two-year, $40 million contract extension. I think this is what they needed to do 
because Adam Wainwright's going to be leaving next year. He'll be retiring. That's only you have Jack Flaherty. If Jack Flaherty can pitch at a healthy level, and then he just got rocked by the Astros to yeah, uh, today. Exactly. That's. I mean, we love to see that as Astros fans. I'm pretty sure Astros fans like to see that too. But after Jack Flaherty, I mean, who you got? And Miles Mikolas is the only guy really that could be plugged. But I mean, Adam Wainwright right now is supposed to start in the IL. Miles Mikolas, I believe, is the opening day starter for the Cardinals as well. And I mean, they need a lot of starting rotation. I mean, it's, I don't know who is in the starting rotation, not starting rotation, starting pitching market for the next year for aging class. But I'm glad the Cardinals was able to get that done because that saves two years to figure out who's going to be there. Yeah. And then did you see Jordan Hicks throw 105 smoothly? 105, dude. That's, that's crazy. Triggerland's very own Jordan Hicks. Yeah. At Texas, yeah. Yeah, Texas, Texas boy right there doing it all over there. But, I mean, 105, dude. I can't even pump. I don't even know <laughs> if I can pump 80 anymore. I don't even yeah, think I can. My arm's dead from all the, from all the years of pain right now, too. So. <laughs> from all the, the high school games to the Sunday league games. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know if we can pitch that much. I don't know even where I could top out at, even with a crow hop. I don't even know if I can even still reach the 80s. I'm pretty sure I can, but um, the next day I'm going to be near some Advil and some Tylenol. <laughs> so probably call Shaq for some Icy Hot as well. But on the other side of baseball news, Phillies fans, I mean, we already got Bryce Harper out for majority of the season. They're going to try to get him back. They put him on the 60-day IL, hoping that he could still come back at the ending of the season. Hopefully the Phillies are pushing off for a playoff spot. But Reese Hoskins, if you didn't see the video out there on social media, he was fielding a ground ball, and his leg just, I guess, it buckled. I mean, he tried planning it. And he literally jumped up. He didn't even try throwing the ball after that. He jumped up, and he was in pain. You could just see it. Um, you saw the cart coming onto the field, and obviously it was carted off with a left knee injury. Later on, it was discovered that Hoskins suffered a torn ACL. So that is a huge loss for the Phillies because for the he, did really, he did really well in the postseason and even in the, in the World Series for the Phillies. But, I mean, that's a big loss for your first baseman because – I mean, he was in the middle of that order. I mean, yeah. you already have Bryce Harper not there for the three, four spot, and now you got Reese Hoskins not there. Where's your power going to come from from the Phillies? Yeah, guys like Alec Boehm and America's hero Trey Turner Trey have Turner. to step up big. And you think you think they put Trey Turner in the three, four spot after hitting five WBC home runs? And maybe the second spot, but I think he'll be their leadoff hitter. Yeah, and they, uh, they have to. You know, yeah, but I mean, they have to step up. Uh, step up. I feel like Alec Bohm is one of those. He had a pretty good postseason as well. I feel like he got this, like his confidence back this season because he was. Uh, I remember a few years ago, he was like, he, like he didn't want to play in Philadelphia. Like he said that he didn't like the city. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I, I guess after like reflecting on his opportunity, he was able to overcome that. So I, I think he'll be a. I think he'll hit over twenty home runs this season. And I see, and I think Trey Turner. He, I, I think he hits over twenty five. You think twenty five? We see how hot he is. Well, I mean that was in that spring training in WBC ball, hey. but I mean WBC. He, I mean he did really good in WBC. If, I, if the US would have won, he would have been the MVP. Oh Most, yeah, like un- unanimous. I mean five World Baseball Classic home runs. That's never been done in WBC history. Man, I feel like when you're on, you're on, and I can see that, especially um, playing in Great um in uh, in their park. I feel like it. Or like the ball flies a little bit in Philadelphia. Too. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, Citizens Bay Park just put out a new uh, scoreboard in left field. I don't know if you saw that. I mean, it's pretty wider now. 
Well, I mean, it really doesn't make a difference because Trey Turner's going to still hit the ball. He could be a 30 for 30 guy if you're going to be saying he's going to hit 25 home runs. Uh, it'd be interesting what that's going to happen. I could see him in the two hole as well. If he showed that power out of nowhere in them, them games, that looks very good. But I mean, Dodger fans right now are probably weeping about it because they had the opportunity to get him. And after seeing the WBC, they're there with Miguel Rojas and Miguel Vargas now without uh, what you call his name. I can't think of his name. Uh, I can't think of his name right now. But obviously, he had torn ACL too this spring training. Yeah, I mean, I'm blanking on that one too. I can't think of it. But let's end the show on a good note. MLB The Show 23 is out tomorrow. For all the video gamers out there, that play on PS5, PS4, Xbox, all these game console devices. I mean, you can even play it on the Wii if they even still have it <laughs> out. Um, the, the the show is back. The show is back. You got the cover of Jazz Chisholm being on there. I think the Pro Edition has Derek Jeter or yeah. something like that. I mean, but the prices, they they are pretty steep. It's about sixty to seventy dollars, and I think the Pro Edition was a hundred. Yeah, that's crazy. I can't pay that no more. I wouldn't I mean, be paying that. I'll pay the regular versions. The regular version. The regular yeah, version is about seventy, I think. Is that sixty anymore? It's, it's, it's either sixty or seventy. I can't think of it at the top of my head, but I mean, I mean, I used to play this when we we're back kids. Oh, we used to have like epic college. Like when we we're in college, so yeah. epic uh, run like showdowns for sure. Oh yeah, I mean the competition is still there. If we wanted to continue to play that game, <laughs> but um, I mean some new features on there. Obviously, you got the Negro Leagues. I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool to uh, have out yeah. there. I think it's it's very important for the baseball history to be on there, and they have it on there. And they've also added some, like I said, some new things. The Mariners have their little crazy silly dance that they have when they get in the circle and doing some type of leg kicking stuff. Which a baseball fan, I dig it. I'm not gonna lie. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But when when you're your Nationals fan, I know y'all hate it. I, you know, you just can't stand it. You just wish they could pass that crap over there at T-Mobile Park. But the biggest one I liked was seeing New York Mets closer Edwin Diaz's walkout song, Narco. That is presented on there when he comes out of the bullpen. Sadly, he won't be coming out of the bullpen for the Mets this year, but it shows that the Mets – and Edwin Diaz have Narco coming out. So if you're playing with the New York Mets and you need Edwin Diaz to come close a game, or even if it's a 24-1 game, I mean, you still could put him in. I mean, the song will continue on with the trumpets. No, yeah, very cool features. I just wish it would expand those, like have Presley's walk up. Like, walk I'm, up I'm very interested to see if it has it on there. Because if it's very – if they have his entrance out there, you would think they would have – Ryan Presley's walkout song. I feel like they just pick and choose, though, like a few of them. Okay, so I guess the Astros have to be a little bit popular. Like, they didn't win the World Series to get that out there. I mean, if MLB The Show could put that, let us know if they have it out there because if we don't have the game right now, I don't know if I'm planning to buy the game after seeing that price. I don't even have a a game (laughs) system anymore. (laughs) So, I mean, it'll be interesting. I think it'd be cool if they didn't because you got the strong lights with uh, flickering when he comes in. Uh, Johnny Cash's God's Gonna Cut You Down. I think that'd be pretty cool to have on there. But all the gamers out there, the show is back. It's out tomorrow, March 27. So be ready. I mean, if you pre-ordered it, go get it at your local GameStop. If you didn't pre-order, they'll have it at Best Buy and all these other video tech places that they have. But, Angel, do you got anything else before we go off? No, just peace. And big things are coming for Full Seam Ahead for sure. Yeah, for sure. We got our one year coming up. Uh, I think that's going to be awesome. Just 
thanking y'all guys for supporting us throughout the whole time that we've been on. I mean, Twitter will probably do some giveaways as well because, I mean, the season's here. Opening day is going to be Thursday. And like we said, we're going to have a preview of what the matchups are going to look like, what pros and our cons are going to be. So I'm very excited. One year, like I said, it's it's very special to each and every one of us, especially Will that's not on here. But continue to follow us at Full Seam Ahead on Twitter. Continue to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts as well. And leave us a rate. Leave us some stars and leave us some reviews. And we would love to hear your con- uh, comments and things like that. Uh, get better at this as well. But that is all for today's show. You'll have a marvelous Monday. Be ready for Thursday. New episode coming out. Big things like Angel said. Big things are coming for FSA. Y'all be ready. We'll talk to you Thursday.